You're listening to XOXO by The Knot, a new podcast exploring love in real life. I'm Whitney Little, and on the show today, you'll meet Sonia and Dell, who married on August 27th, 1988. Their lives have taken them on many journeys, through Dell's career as a professional athlete, as well as their joint adventures in parenthood. They've lived in the spotlight for decades, but over the course of their 30-year marriage, they've remained true to who they've always been and what they've always valued, their family and each other. This is their story. And within a week's time, I had found my dress. I picked out some of the ugliest bridesmaids' dresses. They will not let me live down to this day. And there was a lot of lace going on in there. So they had like this silk under slip and then lace over top of it. And then three days before the wedding, I'm like, y'all don't have anything in your hair. And so I took tooling and cut out these puffs that they had to wear. So maybe it was more of the puffs that were the problem than the dress, but. Hi, Sonia and Dell. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So you two just recently celebrated 30 years together. Congratulations. Uh, did you do anything special to celebrate? Well, it, we went on a trip. It was a, a busy time for us. Our daughter got married a week after um, our initial or our, our, our wedding anniversary, which is the 27th. Our daughter got married that following week. Um, so we were kind of wrapped up in that. So we, we took a short trip after the wedding and everything died down. You're talking about Sidel, right? Correct. Yeah. So we worked with Sidel at The Knot. Uh, last year, we covered her wedding. She was a dream to work with. We loved her. And then, Sonia, you came out to New York with her in October, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, we brought Sonia and Sidel out to the Knot Gala, and we had a wild time in New York City. That was one of my favorites. It was so much fun. It and it so had fun. me wanting to actually get remarried again and renew my vows. So. Do it! <laughs> And it was just good being around young love again. It was just really fun just seeing all the couples and, you know, also watching them, you know, the support and fellowship that they had with each other as they were going through the same experience of planning weddings and, you know, how stressful that can be. So it was really nice to see the camaraderie that they had and just the fun um, leading up to their different um, weddings. Yeah, they were a good crew. We got really lucky with the influencers that we work with, and they were all close friends. They had, like, group chats and stuff, and it was such a, like, joyous weekend. We had a great time. Yes. Um, so you two are no strangers to the modern wedding. Your son, Steph, Steph Curry, maybe people have heard of him. <laughs> he got married in 2011. <laughs> Sidel just got married last year. And now you have another upcoming wedding with your son, Seth. Yes, we do. <laughs> Thank goodness we only had to pay for one of those. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure weddings have changed quite a bit over the last 30 years. But today we're here to share about your wedding and your love story. So let's start at the beginning. How did it all begin? Uh, well, it all began way back in 1984 uh, at Virginia Tech. I was a sophomore basketball player at Virginia Tech and Sonia's an incoming freshman volleyball player and we, we used to practice in the back gym an auxiliary gym there at Castle Coliseum and, and I was in practice one day and I'm sure she'll have a different story but my coach kept saying hey there's this 
cute little freshman. She was their volleyball team was practicing in, in the adjacent court, and she kept saying, "There's this cute, cute little freshman that keeps looking through the window." And I asked, I asked her who she's looking at. She said, "You." I went, "Coach, she's a freshman. Come on, I, I'm I'm past freshman. I'm a big time sophomore or junior. I'm sorry, junior player." He went, "No, nah, you, you you better go check her out. She's cute." I went, "Okay." So after practice, they actually had a game, and I went in and watched, watched the game and saw. I went, "Oh, she is cute." So that's how it all started for me. Um, let's see if Sonny has a different story. <laughs> well, I wasn't just looking at him, but I'll let him think that. <laughs> <laughs> just as if, you know, we would always go out in the hallway and get water and, you know, the basketball team working out in one gym and we're working out in the other. And so it was, you know, just pretty normal for, you know, the guys to come look in our gym while we're practicing and vice versa. Um, but I did actually was familiar with him from when I was in high school, my junior year in high school. My mom went to a, one of his basketball games. He would have been a freshman then. And he was on the program that she brought back. And so it was one Sunday and I, the program was laying on the table and my living room table and his picture was on the front. And I remember going, picking it up, and just looking at it and going, oh, he's cute. That's the kind of man that I want to marry one day. And put it down, didn't think about it for about a year, was on my recruiting visit to Virginia Tech for volleyball. And his name came up, and I remember going, oh, that's that guy I think that I thought was really cute. Again, I'm not thinking I'm actually going to marry him at this point. Um, Ended up going to Virginia Tech, and then ironically – that night that he came to my volleyball game, I immediately called my mom afterwards and said, you're not going to believe who came to my game. And she's like, who? And I'm like the guy that was on that program, Dale Curry. And she went, holy S-H-I-T. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, because she wasn't really a big proponent of, you know, athletes or, you know, my mom's pretty old school and thought that he thought he was really cool or too cool for school. So, she was a little weary for me on that end, but she just couldn't believe that that actually happened either. <laughs> so, Del, how did you ask her out? I don't know if I actually asked. We, we hung out a lot because we lived in the same dorm as the athletic dorm. So we hung out a lot, and it's more in a group setting. We just did things as a group, and we, we when the group, we always navigated toward each other. So she won't say that we actually went out, but we went, went on some, some dates to, to movies and stuff like this, but... Um, we, we saw each other so much, you know, meals and hanging out in the dorm. Uh, that's really how we got to know each other. And when did you both know, I really like this person and I might even love them? Well, you're, you, well I got to think back. It was a long time ago. But it was, <laughs> I think it was, re- it was rather quick. Obviously, I was, re- I was attracted to her um, right away. She's still so cute. Uh, and I loved her in, in her little uh, volleyball outfit um but when i you know just talking to her and getting to know her knowing that she likes sports she's an athlete i went you know i really like this girl and you know again living in the dorm together we saw each other all the time so it was a it was a quick romance and i'd have to agree i mean you know come from his perspective he's kind of superficial he's saying (laughs) i'm like what in the world it was all visual huh um (laughs) But I think with the same thing, just it was very quick that I actually, you know, developed, you know, feelings for him and thought, 
hey, this is the guy that I want to be with. And I think I've always had that maternal instinct and actually knew that I would actually or felt like I wanted to be married early on and have a family and a home. And so once I got to know him, knew that he was very country, he liked to hunt, fish, his dad had him out in the garden all the time, wash cars, and those are the kinds of things that I love to do. So being a tomboy, it was just really cool to know that I I had found someone that loved sports, loved being outside, and I could actually more so hang out with him. Like, I just wanted to hang out. All my friends in high school were mostly guys, so when I found him, he was handsome and tall, and and we could be like friends, boys, and hang out <laughs> is when I think I fell in love with him, which was very, which was quick, probably within the the year, that year that we actually met. And how long did you date before getting engaged? Oh, four years, but she only gave me two of those. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I was a big man on campus at, at, at Virginia Tech. Um, I used to hang out. I like to hang out a lot, but we, we, we dated for four years. And Dell, when you were getting ready to propose, obviously you went and bought a ring. Did you have a vision in mind for it? Did you know how you wanted to propose? Like, how did that all come to be for you? It was so weak and lame now that I think about it. Um, now I'm a country boy, not real, you know, romantic type guy. So, and, and we're talking 30 years ago, 34 years ago. I didn't know anything about designing wedding rings. So I just went to a jeweler, bought a ring that was in my price range. I thought it looked great. Uh, and then I did the old, put it in a huge box at Christmas. I thought but, I was getting a leather coat and I was hot about it. Cause I'm like, at this point, pretty much it was shotgun from me. I was like, look, I've been now with you for this long, and if we aren't going anywhere, then I'm going home. And so <laughs> so basically, I thought he had bought me a leather coat because he knew I'd been looking at one. And so when that box was big, I was just like, okay, I'm going to wear this leather coat home to Virginia <laughs> and leave him in Cleveland. And then when I opened up, there was a smaller box inside. And so I was thoroughly surprised. So you had no idea the proposal was coming? No. Mm-mm. Well, Del, I'm glad you didn't buy her a leather coat. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. So I'm, I'm assuming you said yes right away, Sonia? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And then what was the wedding planning process like? How long did it take to plan it? Um, was it stressful? Did you guys kind of come to the table with the same ideas? He told me what the budget was, and within a week's time, I had found my dress. I had picked out some of the ugliest bridesmaids' dresses. They will not let me live down to this day. And I was like, here's the date. And, you know, it, where, where I'm from, we all kind of get married in our church. And so we knew where we were going to get married. We knew that our family was going to make cook all the food because that's what we did for all of our celebrations, birthday, everything. Our family cooked the food, finger food. We'd have a small reception in our church. And then we would go have a big party, which was typical of our family even to this day. (laughs) 
there's always a party popping off over any and everything. So that's kind of how it happened. It was really simple. My buddy, my buddy DJ, I had another buddy that did the pictures. It was, <laughs> it was, it was real lame. Yeah, it was. No, it sounds lovely. My parents' wedding was very similar. (laughs) Tell me about the food. Were these like family recipes? Were they your favorite meals? Oh, her family can cook now. It's so consigned. So that's one reason why I was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was soul food uh, with big dishes. Um, It was, I thought it was great. It was like a, like a really formal cookout. (laughs) it sounds delicious and sonia i can't believe you got a dress in a week you know what i don't i don't know other than the fact that i think because i got it in cleveland so actually going to pick it out i walked in and i'm like god i like sadelle like she was like picked out three dresses and one of those three ended up being the one that she wore so i went in pretty much no idea of wedding dresses and what to look for or anything like that because I hadn't been looking for wedding dresses. Um, so I went in and found one that I liked and they were like, we can, we didn't get married until August. So he proposed to me in December. So I had that amount of time, uh, you know, plenty of time to actually get it in. So found the dress, walked out and said, okay, before I leave though, I've got to find my, bridesmaids dresses and she bought out a couple options and I said I'll take that one and kind of <laughs> moved on so and I want to see photos of the bridesmaids dresses why were they so bad <laughs> well they make fun of fun of them actually at the time I liked them myself and then they made fun of the color because it's turquoise and I remember watching the wedding planner movie and she was like anybody who wears turquoise is doomed to their wedding to not work out. So after I saw that movie, I was like, holy crap. But at the time, it, to me, it meant, you know, my husband had just gotten moved or traded to Charlotte Hornets. Their colors were turquoise. At the time in 88, turquoise was kind of the color that was in. And so I thought, again, small town mentality, I thought, oh, this is really cool. You know, getting the color that's kind of in. And it's going to match the new team that my husband's going to. So we'll always remember this year. It was the year Stefan was born. It was the year my husband got traded to the Hornets where he stayed for 10 years. And um, it's in style. Well, they didn't all agree on that. (laughs) Yeah, but there's a sweet story behind it. And there was a lot of lace going on in there. So they had like this silk under uh, slip and then lace over top of it. Uh, and then at the last minute, I was like, oh, y'all don't have anything. Three days before the wedding, I'm like, y'all don't have anything in your hair. And so I took tooling and cut out these puffs that they had to wear. Amazing. <laughs> so maybe it was more of the puffs that were the problem <laughs> than the dress. But It sounds epic. So besides the unhappy bridesmaids dresses, <laughs> did you have any real hiccups on your wedding day? Like, did any vendors not show up? I'm assuming your family was doing most of the cooking, so they had to be there. But was there anything crazy that happened behind the scenes? I don't think anything with the planning of the wedding. Everything went great. The wedding was absolutely beautiful. We had a little 
behind the scenes of just a little family drama, but we kind of worked through that from just the two sides of the family. We had a little bit of drama, but we got through that and the wedding was absolutely beautiful. Lots of tears. Um, I think my favorite part of the wedding, other than actually saying I do, was were two things. One, the soloist who sang just blew us away. Um, of course, I can't remember the song, but it's on the video. And then actually having Stefan there with us and walking out with us together was awesome. I just remember not a dry eye in the place. And it was, we were like, we were the first, like in our generation to actually get married. I had all of my college teammates there. He had a lot of his college uh, basketball uh, teammates there. And it was just awesome. It was like I had my high school. I had my hometown. It was just great. It was wonderful. And how was Steph incorporated into the ceremony? Um, He was only, he was, he sat in the audience because he was six months old. So he sat in the audience with Dell's mom and dad. And then as we were exiting after they pronounced us husband and wife and we turned to walk out, we stopped to got him and walked out. Was he well behaved? Oh, he slept. Oh, (laughs) most of the wedding, didn't he tell? (laughs) Yeah, he did. Quiet as a lamb. Yep. And Del, what do you remember most about the wedding day? I was a little nervous. I mean, it was, I, I mean, I was 24. We were both young. We didn't know what we were doing. We just know we loved each other, wanted to get married. The actual wedding itself was a big blur to me. I was like, wow, this is happening. But I, like Sonia, I thought it was, you know, it was cool that we stopped, picked up Stephanie to walk down like this is our family. Here we go. This is for real. And a great limo ride to the reception. And um, my thought was, okay, I'm married now. All right, <laughs> let's do it. So it was fun. I was nervous again, 24 years old. Didn't know what we were getting into, what to expect, but I was happy. I knew I found the lady I wanted to be with the rest of my life. So there's no no turning back. And you've had two big weddings in your family so far with a third on the way. How different are their weddings now compared to what you went through? Oh, my goodness. Ooh. You can't even compare, I mean, from the cost to the preparation to the guest list, everything is multiplied by 100 compared to our wedding. And you have to think, you know, Sonny's talking about the bridesmaids, the bridesmaids dresses and the flowers. 30 years ago, all that stuff was in style. That was, that was how you did it 30 years ago. And again, I was only two years in the NBA where I was trying to figure out how to, you know, how I was going to stay in the NBA and make a living. So we had a lot of stuff on our mind back then, but now, I mean, it's our kids getting married. We want the best for our kids. So we're going to, you know, spend no expense to make sure that, that they remember the day and that when they look back, they have nothing but smiles and happy thoughts and memories about it. So totally different from when we got married. I wish Sadella had gotten turquoise bridesmaids dresses <laughs> <laughs> you know she was like mom what in the world so they they even laughed too at it but i'm like you know it's color we you know we had lots of color it was a sign that our relationship would be very colorful <laughs> <laughs> so exciting did you guys receive a lot of gifts at your wedding or 
Did they have registries? Did you do anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah, we got lots of gifts. We registered, I think, Belks was where we registered back then. What is Belks? It's a big department store here in the in the southeast. Okay. And it's still in existence. And so that was where you got most of your stuff. One of the things I'll say as far as like the similarity is that we still had like a lot of guests at our wedding. So that was the only thing that's similar to what our children have got their weddings in comparison to what they have is that we had almost between 200 to 300 people at our church. But of course, a lot of that was all family and, you know, teammates. So that is very similar where when we do it as a family, we have lots of people there. And that could even be on a weekend party where we're here at the house and have at least 100 people here. So that's very similar. I don't even think I know a hundred people who would show up for a party that I'm throwing. (laughs) (laughs) We're very blessed. (laughs) Well, I mean, even at my daughter's wedding, I had four or five of my buddies come up and say, if I can't say anything else about you, man, you know how to throw a party. So so whenever the the word gets out, the Currys are having an event. There's no shortcoming in, in people wanting to come and hang out. Yeah, I want to be there. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. (laughs) So you guys moved around a lot, obviously, and your life has taken you all over the place. Do you have any of the gifts you received from your wedding day that are still a part of your home? I think we have some silver pieces that some of our guests gave us. I don't use silver as much as it used to be popular to actually, you know, pull out your silver doing special holidays and things like that. So we have those pieces. I think I have a crystal piece, the frame that someone gave me to put the wedding, our wedding photo in a crystal frame. We have the wine glasses that someone gave us from the wedding. But a lot of the things were, you know, functional things like towels and things for the house, things for the kitchen. So we don't have a lot of that stuff anymore. And when you're buying gifts for people getting married, what do you think the best gift is to give a newlywed couple? Nowadays, the best gift is to give them money or a gift card. You know, if they have a registry going on there and picking what they've picked out for themselves, of course, like Sadell did for her wedding, I thought was awesome. She just got asked everyone for gift cards because she got married here and she was worried about getting gifts back, you know, on the West Coast. And so now as they're setting up their home and they're doing everything, they pretty much know now what they actually do need instead of what sounds good and kind of, you know, anticipating what they'll need. They know now and they pull out the gift card, they order it. And it has just been just so convenient. So I think that always works in the end is money lets you do what you want to do with it. (laughs) Yeah. I think I remember talking to Sadell when we worked with her last year, I think she had set up cash fund on her registry on the knot. It's great because, yeah, the couple can do whatever they need to do with it and not have to worry about finding a place for something that was a well-intentioned gift but just kind of sits in the corner of your 
home and you're not quite sure where to put it. Right. And they I remember they used some of that for like, you know, activities they wanted to do on their honeymoon. So it really did come in handy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the biggest tradition you guys have passed on to your kids is the ability to throw an epic party with like huge groups of people. (laughs) That's not, that's not a bad thing to pass on. No. But then for us, I think, you know, twofold from them and what they've kind of passed on as we've watched them go through their process is really the real ability to be your significant other's best friend because they've, growing up in a different era than Dell and I did. And it was less of the best friend as it was more functional, the man, the wife, you know, the man being somewhat of the breadwinner, even though most, both of the parents worked, it was the woman really just was in the home, took care of the home. And then the, you know, the men kind of did their thing. And as I've watched our kids meet their significant others and spouses and just their relationship. It's just, they really do have good, great friendships and it's so cool to watch. And they are just silly together. They have fun together. They hang out all the time together. And I think a portion of that, they saw us do a lot of hang out, hang out with our friends, but it's been really nice learning from them as well. So it's been more than 30 years since you two got married. You haven't slowed down at all. You have three really amazing children. You've both had tremendous careers. You've been in the spotlight, especially for generations of basketball fans. So what have you learned in those 30 years about keeping your relationship strong? You have to listen. You have to listen to your wife. And I travel a lot when I'm at home. I have to really slow down and be here, try to be present, learn to say yes, learn to say I'm sorry. And just learn to hang out with each other. I was just telling her the other day, I I really don't have, per se, a best friend, male, but she's definitely my best friend because we like hanging out together. A great night for us is maybe to to grab dinner, sit at a bar somewhere and have dinner uh, at the bar, a glass of wine while we watch some kind of sports show at the bar, talk to each other, or to order out, cook something here at home, open a bottle of wine and just hang out. I think we're still the kind of the simple people that we grew up as. Of course, our life is a lot more busier now with the kids and the grandkids. We, we, we travel to make sure that we still see our family, but we're still the same people that, that we were when we were young. We're very simple. We don't have to, you know, do extravagant things to have fun. We just enjoy the company of each other. So that's a big thing. That we still like to hang out with each other. And I would add to that, we were just talking recently just about being intentional we got to be intentional about each other in our relationship because it's so easy with all this other stuff and all the distractions and we are used to being entertained we go to games so a lot of what has kept us together or and not together as our marriage but just physically together are these activities we're always going to these things. But when there's nothing to go to, the kids are out of the house, how do we become intentional about each other? And, you know, after being together, I mean, I've known him since I was 18. I'm now 53. It's like we change. And so who is this person? And when we don't necessarily want to do what we used to do, 
how do we adjust to that? And that just takes, like he said, you got to listen and you've got to be, yeah, I have to have courage to even speak because sometimes it's hard to just scared to share your feelings. Your, and so, you know, for fear of thinking somebody thinks you're complaining when you have an awesome life or somebody thinking that you're not grateful and, and, or even somebody just making fun of you, like me trying to share something with Dale and him not understanding. It's like, so I just won't say anything, but you got to learn how to talk, communicate, listen, and then be intentional about what you just talked about and what you just heard. And that's an everyday process. And you have two kids married, obviously another one about to be married. When they come to you for advice or you're talking to them about married life, what's the biggest takeaway you want them to learn? Well, I think the first thing, whenever they come to me, I always say, have you talked to your significant other first? I always say that because like I said, it's sometimes you feel safer by talking to everybody else before you talk to that person. And that can be dangerous because you haven't given your significant other an opportunity to share what they're thinking and feeling. So I'll say that. And if they say yes or whatever the situation, you know, my next thing is you got to pray about it because right now, initially, you're in your emotions of whatever is going on. Pray about it. Bring yourself down. And then third, if you need me after those two things, I'll be ready. But I try not to be too much in my children's business because I do believe in they are not going to have Dell in our relationship or their in-laws relationships. It's their relationship. And we all had ours and we all had to learn through mistakes. And I think sometimes we're trying to avoid mistakes because we think that we're failing when we have mistakes. And that's not the case. You are living with two human beings that are living together and you're going to make mistakes. You just have to be able to stand in that mistake or that argument and figure out how to get through that for the better instead of avoid it. And I think that's so much of what will help helps with longevity of relationships is that it's not the end of the world when something happens. And I said this, we did Red Table the other day, and I said, I heard it from somewhere else, was the love has to be greater than the mistakes because we're going to all make mistakes. It's amazing advice. I remember talking to you in in New York um, back in October, and I was kind of a newlywed still then. And you guys both just have such wisdom about relationships. It's been an amazing honor to get to chat with you both today. I appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else before we go? Well, no, I just thank you all for the opportunity to allow us to have this conversation. You know, when you first, I'll be very honest and transparent, when you first sent me the questions and I passed it on to Dale and I was like, are you ready for this? Because it was really interesting to look at the questions. And at first I was like, Wow, we don't, to me, it's not this very, we didn't have this fairy tale relationship, marriage. But then after now having this conversation with you all and having the two of us on the phone answer, it is our story. So whether or not it's a million dollar wedding or whether or not he designed my ring or not, 
it's our story. And so, yes, maybe I would like to have a renewing of our vows and maybe do something a little bit different, but it's who we are. It's what we had then was made up of who we were then. And so we have to celebrate that just as much as thinking it had to be a certain way. So thank you all for the opportunity to actually go through this process. It's been enlightening and uh, refreshing and challenging all in one. So thank you. Well, thank you. And, you know, it's the wedding is one part of it, but it's it's real life. It's 30 years of a relationship that's powerful and beautiful and strong. And we've loved having you guys join us today. It's been amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. And stick around because in just a moment, we'll hear from you and what your best tips are for building a marriage that lasts. XOXO is a podcast produced by The Knot, the nation's leading wedding planning app offering a seamless all-in-one wedding planning experience. From finding inspiration and local vendors to creating your registry and managing all your guest experiences like digital RSVPs and photo sharing. The Knot was founded on the mission of helping every couple plan their wedding, regardless of their style, budget, location, culture, or who they choose to marry. For more than 20 years, The Knot has helped empower 25 million couples and counting to celebrate and plan their perfect celebration. If you're planning a wedding, be sure to download The Knot Wedding Planner app, available for all mobile devices. Now, a word from our listeners. My name is Nicole. I live in West Palm Beach and I've been married for almost six years. My husband and I's best marriage advice is to spend a couple minutes every night once you get in bed, turn off your phones, look each other in the eye and just have a conversation and spend some time snuggling so that you always go to bed happy and you always go to bed knowing how much you love each other. Hi, this is Rick from Connecticut. My wife and I have been married for seven years and our best advice for a happy marriage is to not take each other or our marriage for granted. It's easy to get caught up with work and each of our crazy schedules, but you have to remember to spend time even doing all the little things together. Hey, I'm Alex and I am from Los Angeles, California. I've been married for about four years now. I think that my best piece of marriage advice is to just be best friends first and foremost. I think there can sometimes be a difference in how you treat your closest family members versus how you treat your best friends. Um, I think that it's important that you think of your spouse as your best friend and to treat them with that mutual respect as you would any of your other friends. And um, you also laugh and have a really fun time like you would with your friends, which should be an important part of your marriage, especially going on those dates that are fun, interactive, and that bring you closer together with your partner. Thanks for tuning in to XOXO by The Knot. If you have a comment about our show, tips for making your own traditions, or marriage advice you want to share on air, email us at xoxo at the knot.com or leave us a message by calling 917-524-6508 or connect with us on social. I'm over there. Search for our handle at the knot and on the web at the knot.com. We'll be back next week, so be sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Our show is produced by Lauren Nolan with assistance by Emily Berman in New York City at the Hangar Studios. Thanks for listening.